and gentlemen, welcome back to These Go to 11. Once again, I'm Nathan Bell. Joining me, as always, Zach Bartles. Zach, what's going on, man? Nathan Bell? I thought this was Rob Bell this whole time. <laughs> I was on the wrong podcast. Yeah, nuts to this. <laughs> oh, Are you edgy, man. at least? Am I edgy? Yeah, um, do you hold to some, some views that could be considered heretical because that's the new cool <laughs> it, it depends on which podcast you listen to on this thing <laughs> oh man dude we are uh, so excited to get to our guest and, and dive back into our topic or dive into our topic i should say but before we do that we have a very special sponsorship brought to us by the gut check press um, and Zach, you know you know something about that company, don't you? Uh, yeah, that I actually hold two offices there: that of co-founder and uh, chaplain, and key grip. I'm key grip as well. Key grip. <laughs> Who, who's the gaffer over there? No gaffer. Uh, Ted is the secretary of the interior and the co-founder, and that is the extent of our office holders. Nice. Oh, man. Well, we have a uh, great announcement. It's something we've been promoting for the past couple weeks. Zach, go ahead and talk to us about it because this is actually the last week to get in on it. Oh, yeah. So I just want to thank everybody in these Go to 11 listener base because I'm quite sure you are the folks who brought us over that $1,000 meaningless mark. Um, <laughs> and I say meaningless both because we long since already met the uh, – the required funds to fund the project, and also because after you take out the percentage that Kickstarter takes, we're nowhere near a thousand dollars. They're basically like, "You have a dream, and we will siphon most of that dream away from you." But it's cool. It's cool because people are excited about this book, uh, "Hard Thing on a Beautiful Day" by Ted Cluck. Uh, uh, "Hard Thing on a Beautiful Day" and other essays by Ted Cluck. I'm excited about it. And uh, I think that it's going to be it's going to be huge. So yeah, go ahead. You have you have one last chance. By the time we record again, it will have already ended. Uh, and I'll tell you what, man, I'm going down to uh, Jackson, Tennessee, uh, not too long from now. So if you get on board now, and this is a real honor, you could wind up paying for a cigar that I smoke <laughs> <laughs> in Ted Cluck's Cedar Lines. Arnold Cluck Smoke Room. So nice. That's an opportunity that comes along once in a great while. You want to just grab, grab that's it, right. and run. That's right. That's that's why we do this podcast, Zach, to uh, to fund our vices. <laughs> if it were a vice, I would not have offered you one. Folks, something about you said that. That was that was a fun story in another book I wrote. Uh, the uh, Gentleman Smoking Companion. <laughs> Another fantastic book that we actually uh, talked about uh, three years ago now. It seems like something in a dream or a dream of a dream lifetimes ago. Now, Zach, do you have the exact date of when the Kickstarter ends? Um, yeah, it's like, I don't know. I think it's a week from today. <laughs> I think it's six days. No, it's six, six days from today, which would be the 10th. Okay. The 10th of April. 10th of April. All right. So jump on that Kickstarter as soon as possible. Before the tenth of April, pick up the book. Um, a lot of cool giveaways on that when you uh, when you sign up and uh, and join the Kickstarter. So make sure you do that. Um, if our audience hasn't already guessed by his whimsical laugh, 
we have <laughs> a, another guest joining us today. Uh, one, That's what that is. I know, right? <laughs> Did you just think I was breaking wind over here? <laughs> we have uh, one co-founder of these Go to 11 podcast, Greg Dutcher. Greg, what's going on, man? I've been waiting to say this for five minutes. What's up, players? <laughs> um, and I'm sorry, I couldn't. The Rob Bell, I wanted to chime in on that so much. Uh, there were so many things. The Kickstarter campaign, Zach was dropping, I wanted to share. Also, it's my brother's birthday that the Kickstarter campaign ends on April 10th, which Ooh. probably means nothing. Um <laughs> So, uh, man, dudes, it's good to be with you guys as always. Always, always. So this hard thing on a beautiful day is the name of Cluck's newest, Zach? That, uh, that's right? Yes, sir. To come out in July. Nice, nice. So he's kind of going the C.S. Lewis route, right? The collection of essays. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's a very hipster thing to do. It is. It's very nice. Very nice. Uh, I got to know if that works, man, because I... Uh, I've sometimes wondered if the on the fiction side of things, this is your world, Zach. Is the short stories thing the way to go? Um, that would be the nonfiction equivalent uh, group of essays, man. Yeah, as you guys know, you I can't remember your opinion on this, Zach. I'm a sucker for Mr. King, Stephen King. I love his short stories. Um, some of them I like better than his novels, but um, I am always interested when people write short, pithy things. They're like. They're like a sniper's bullet. It has to make a, a mark quick and fast and dirty um, and get in and get out. And, um, you know, where a novel or a full-length book treatment, you can amble a little bit. So I will have to uh, get my hands on Mr. Cluck's book so I can put them on my shelf just like I have Zach's. Um, yeah. I'm looking forward so to it, that. So what we're looking at here is really a, a more of an attention span deficit situation. Yes. Had yes. I written a collection of short stories, you probably would have yeah. read a couple of them by now. There is no doubt, dude. I think you, uh, you are on to something. The ADD issue, um, as I've said, uh, you know, Nathan, you've heard me say that Remember years ago. Uh, Lisa said, oh, I, all I asked was these two baskets of laundry that is to be put away. So I'm sorry, babe, it's my ADD. And she said, yeah, I'm pretty sure it's your L-A-Z-Y, <laughs> um, <laughs> which was good. She's quite the witty one, that Lisa Dunker, um, and gets me on many, many uh, of those things. But yeah, no, seriously, that sounds like a, a cool project, man. Glad to be hearing about this now. Absolutely. All right, well, can I put you down for a little Kickstarter? Put me down in the Kickstarter campaign. Now, listen, I'll have my people call <laughs> Clux people. <laughs> I think I might people. be Clux people, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> have your people call me. Yeah, in other words, I'll have my person call Clux person. Um, so Nathan, we'll want to just hang on you and I after the yeah, podcast. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Nathan, will you be my person? That's right. Uh, <laughs> pass this on. That's good, man. No, that sounds awesome. <laughs> that's great. Um, so we are uh, here once again, looking um, at Easter coming up in just a couple of short weeks, and. Uh, wanted to do another Easter one because, Greg, uh, what you're doing is uh, – I, I wouldn't say it's original, but it's still very good. 
And it's something that no, Nathan. I'm the only person to ever do something like this. <laughs> it's um, just it's so revolutionary what you're doing. Uh, yes, I would like you to retract that statement. <laughs> it reminds me of that dude. You know that dude we laugh at, um, the YouTube guy who does the um, uh, oh, what is it, Nathan? Remember I showed all you guys? Oh, the, the youth, like, youth group thing. Leaders? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, the youth group thing. Have you seen that, Zach? That some dude I don't know where he's come from, but he does the best. I think the video is called "Every Student Ministry Pastor Ever." Uh, and he said, guys, guys, we're going to do something amazing, guys. It's going to be epic, guys. Friday night, we're going to have games and pizza. Oh, um, yeah, I've seen that, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> and he promotes that. He does one at Christmas that I actually like a little better. It's not as popular. But he goes, guys, listen, guys, you got to come out. Pastor Steve, tomorrow, Christmas Eve, he's going to be sharing the Christmas story in the most unique way that you've ever heard. He's going to be sharing it from the perspective of the innkeeper. Um <laughs> So that that is about the depth of my originality on this current <laughs> Easter series, yeah. Um, which is on the seven sayings of Jesus on the cross. That, oh my gosh, that's that, that that sucker's got whiskers on it. <laughs> Somebody wake up that Rip Van Winkle sermon series um, and tell him to go back to sleep. But yeah, that's that's not very original. But I will say, Nathan, it it sets up nicely um when you can start preaching in february something that'll take you all the way through easter that can be pretty cool yeah yeah um zach we're gonna talk a little bit more um in depth about what greg's been going through in the sermon but um have you started anything with easter yet um in terms of preparation uh for sermons or anything like that are you asking me if I've started prepping my Easter morning sermon? Well, no. If if you have a series that you're doing leading up to Easter, oh nah, I'm I'm preaching through Acts, man. Mm-hmm. Um, I always just trust Providence, with the exception of Mother's Day, which I've laid that out before. The the series <laughs> of gaps, I have been blown away by how many times Christmas, Easter, Pentecost, all this stuff happens to land without planning right where it's supposed to That's you know true. i'm i'm in revelation one year and i'm and i'm on uh behold uh the one who died is now alive forevermore and i mean i was just like well there's there's easter i mean it was just falls right on and if it doesn't quite fall exactly on the right day i can sort of nuance it maybe uh, yeah. stick a little one off in there or or squish two passages together to make them one or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I'm an, I'm an ex uh, and, and I have, I, I, I have a weird defiant thing about preaching expository preaching, uh, Haddon Robinson kind of thing where like, I feel if I, if I deviate too much for anything, but the highest of holidays from preaching right through books of the Bible, that like the ghost of Haddon Robinson will drag me down <laughs> to Sheol. <laughs> yes, and as he's dragging you down, he's going to make sure that you give only one point. Yeah, uh, he's going to be. Here's the big idea, buddy. You're <laughs> damned. Here's the big idea. That's it. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely, dude. Uh, um, I, if I could echo, I've experienced the same thing. Um, like it is pretty cool. You know, it is pretty cool when you're um, showing up on a Sunday. There are times I haven't even remembered you know uh, i remember one sunday my mother-in-law bless her heart um came up to me and pointed out a a couple 
that was, had a bunch of family there and uh, they were dressed up. And she said, Greg, I have a hunch that you don't know that you're dedicating their baby today. <laughs> and I said, wow. So, dude, it was a combination. I preached. It may have been when I was in Mark. It was years ago. But this is a true story. This might have been pre-Nathan, dude. Were you ever there when we were at Beachmont in the gym? No, no. Yeah. That was that was pre-you. We were at Beachmont, a uh, little site we were we were on for about six months or so in between buildings. And um, there's families there. They're dedicating their beautiful little, little girl. And all dialed up, and so many parents and grandparents there. I would have completely missed it because I'm in the hyper focus zone on Sunday, and I was preaching on Jesus blessing the little children. Oh, (laughs) planned it just for that couple. (laughs) So they thought made a point of thanking me for coordinating it and speaking (laughs) to the deepest level. And of course, I did. I did what any committed Christian pastor would do. I lied like a cheap rug and <laughs> accepted their compliment. Said, "Well, you know, nothing. I, I would never want to fall short." Of that no, I, I think I kind of deflected or something. But yeah, dude, it was. And then uh, another aside: my own uh, niece, uh, so Lisa's brother Scott, his wife Jen, when their little littlest one, Scarlett was being dedicated at our church. At the very end, I go through the whole sermon. You know, we, we might even have communion that Sunday. Uh, you know, I'm done preaching. I'm doing the closing prayer. And as I'm doing the closing prayer, my knee is being squeezed. There was no stage or platform, Nathan, in the old building. Right, you. yep. Uh, so Lisa has snaked her way up to the, the front. So I pause in my prayer and I look up and Lisa is whispering, Scarlet, um, which sounds like a weird, creepy horror movie scene. But um, and I was like, "Oh my soul!" So that one I couldn't cover up. I said, hey, "Everybody, I'm happy to say that I have almost skipped my own niece's dedication." Um, so yeah, it's train wreck, dude. I'm a total train. Um, but yeah, it is cool though, dude. When you are like, "Wow!" I just can't believe how this text is so applicable. Um, it's almost like, you know, the Holy Spirit might be involved. I don't want to be too radical. Um, <laughs> you sound like some kind of flaky, hippie, dippy Pentecostal. <laughs> <laughs> With a double dose of the Holy Ghost. Um, so yes. I, uh, I love that. Man. So, Zach, where are you in, in Acts right now? Man, I'm in chapter 13. Just actually, just finished chapter 13. And you know, I tell you what, I have no, I have sat under three different preachers starting to preach through Acts, and I don't know why, but they get to Paul's conversion, and then maybe Cornelius, yeah. and then they just lose interest and wander off. And You're they right. often promise, you know, I'll be back. I'm just going to break because it's such a long book. And they never come back. One of them actually retired. I'm like, what? You, you so badly don't want to preach this? But I, and, and with Revelation, you know, I preached the whole thing. I didn't stop after those letters in the first three chapters. I yes. got into the weird stuff. You know, I got, I got all weird with it. But wow. uh, yeah, we're, we're going through. And I am probably going to break halfway through. I did that with Judges. Broke yep. halfway through in the middle and preached Ruth for all the ladies yep. who were sick of the carnage. <laughs> then I went back. <laughs> but uh, Man, yeah, that's we'll, so funny. We're going to go all the way through, and I think it, it. I don't understand why it's hard to preach a guy like sailing around. Um, 
Yeah. I don't know if you find this, but if there's too much like applicable stuff in a text and you can't break it down into smaller pieces easily uh, without being pedantic, it, it can be overwhelming. And when you and when you're like, how the heck am I going to preach that? Yeah. Sometimes because the, there's such a limit to what you could say, it's easier to kind of build a sermon around, you know, a, a, a more obscure piece of that text and you, you can really exhaust it you without can. having 55 minutes of, of preaching. You can. Yeah, well said. I remember, uh, I don't know if you were there for this either, Nathan. I'm, I'm going to the nostalgic. Nathan, uh, never oh, back in time, man. I'm getting here. I am, dude. But uh, our uh, mutual friend, Mr. Hartland, guest uh, preached at CFC some years back. And he preached, if I remember rightly, kind of to your point, Zach, he preached Acts 27 and 28 as a unit. Oh. Uh, or wait, wait. Did he preach it as a unit or did Steve preach as a eunuch? I always, uh, <laughs> sorry, dude. I, I, I always get that confused. Do they want me to preach as a eunuch or do they want me to preach a unit? Anyway, I, I think, I think he preached a unit, and I still remember the title. It, it about covered it was "Good stuff happens, bad stuff happens," and it was a great kind of overarching narrative, or, or not even a narrative, a um, you know just a hat rack to hang a couple of key pieces on. The shipwreck and the Isle of Malta and he, he, he house arrest. He just covered a lot of good stuff. And you really and I thought to your point, Zach. I thought I don't think I have ever touched Acts twenty seven and twenty eight in a sermon listening posture ever. I think um, you know I've personal Bible study, personal reading, devotion. But I am with you. People seem to peter out after which which. I don't get, I totally get it with uh, Exodus. Let's face it, dude, after chapter 15, man, you're in big trouble. Um, <laughs> I mean, Exodus is just so exciting, those first, and then the Exodus proper in 14, the the song in 15, and then as soon as you get into the prescriptive uh, you know, details of uh, how to construct the tabernacle, it can get a little tough. Um, so when I've done that before, I kind of, two or three messages on the role of the tabernacle and then go right to chapter 40, right? With the Shekinah glory covering, yeah. hovering over the, uh, and God's dwelling with his people because man, that's some tough sledding. Um, <laughs> I, I preached through Joshua and it, and you know, I'm, I'm going through at a nice slow pace and then I get to the, uh, you know, the inheritances of the land, which is yes. several chapters long. <laughs> and I banged that puppy out in one week. So did I. Yep. Dude, I did that. I remember I did, that. Uh, you remember that, Nathan? Yep. I, same thing. I did Joshua in, um, yeah, in the uh, same fashion. I, I did Joshua and Judges, dude. Took a break in the middle of both. I did something topical probably for like four to six weeks. Just to kind of, you, you can almost sense your people might be a little fatigued. Um, and, uh, dude, so are you, so you're done judges that final story, dude, with the, the, the woman's dismemberment, um, <laughs> if that you're looking it's not at this, that like, I find that funny. I'm just I laughing know, nervously. I had the, the same, I'm like, this is how I'm going to end the book, uh, of judges. And, uh, but you know, often those are the messages that are very memorable to people. Um, in a because, good way, yeah. yeah in a, because they've never, they've probably never heard it preached on, you know. And uh, 
and when you're starting to do your prep, you you see why. You know, um, how many times, Zach, have you been motivated at a conference and said, man, I am going to tackle the Old Testament? And then you actually do it. You're like, you know what? I'd rather preach about the importance of the Old Testament <laughs> and why we should be in it regularly than actually <laughs> preaching it. Uh, I try so, to go every other, though. I don't know about you. I, I really do. I've And, I, and I've yeah. done some series where I get to the end and go, man, that was some of my strongest stuff. Jonah was one. I mean, yeah. that is easy to preach through. Okay, I, I just did Jonah. Remember that about a yep. month ago. Yep. Yeah. R- Ruth really is great um, because great. I talk about all the providential stuff. I get to, you know, the birth of the child the week before Christmas, and there's so much in there, you know, the intertextuality and all this stuff, Yeah, uh, which was great. And I did uh, – I, I just like – occasionally you get bored with what you're doing, and you want to change it up as much as possible. And I had been preaching through a couple of epistles – and I said, what would be like maybe the most difficult thing? And I decided to preach the last three books of the Old Testament. Yeah. And that was some slogging, man. I mean, the wow. woman in the basket being carried away. And, and it took me a while to get into the, the rhythm. But once you do, I don't know. It, I, I feel like most preaching, it, it, it takes a little bit like, like any, you know, even if you're trying to watch, everyone's like, this is the best possible show ever you got to binge it now be aware the first two or three episodes are a little slow <laughs> that's like every sermon or sermon series right what, what does that sound like to you nathan yeah uh, me, me, me pushing you to, to go all out and breaking bad listen dude you might need look it's five seasons you might need to give it four and a half seasons um, <laughs> but before. then the rest is amazing <laughs> right but when you once you're over that hump of 89 percent of the show you know, that last 11 percent man is uh, is going to make it worth it yeah I'm, that's interesting hey zach are your sermons uh do you are they videoed uh audioed uh, what's your media output at uh, at your church they're all audio, yeah. Audio. We don't video, and I keep toying with the idea of like Facebook Live and stuff. But yeah, part of the reason I don't do that is because I know I would wind up doing the work on it, and I know I would take a lot of time to do it. You know, yeah. I, I'm kind of a perfectionist. And the other is when I when I get in on Tuesday morning, I download my audio onto my computer, I listen to it, and there are usually between four and ten. Little things that I clip out. If I oh, start really? to say the wrong thing, and I wow. myself, if I uh, hem and haw for a second, yeah. I, 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 you know, kind of uh, fix the history, and uh, <laughs> you can't do that easily. In video. <laughs> yes. Um, now, see, Zach, it's interesting. I would do that um, if I ever made any mistakes, but um, <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm trying to. I'm trying to relate because I want to be very relatable to, to other pastors. So, um, uh, brother, I'm just encouraging you. I love that. And, dude, if I ever make a mistake, I may do that same thing. Um, no, dude. I, I, we, uh, as you know, Nathan, we, that's been our big fall, fall of 2018. Yep. You know, Josh, our creative guy, just worked his tail off. And those guys, man, are doing a great job on the video. Um, and, and they still have aspirations. Right now, you know, it's Facebook Live. You can get it live on the website. I think even YouTube, although I don't think anybody looks at it on, on YouTube. And then um, usually, dude, by Monday afternoon, one of our dudes, Lucas, uh, clips it. 
So, you know, you can get the entire service live on, on Sunday. Yeah. And then um, he'll clip the sermon, um, you know, so that that goes in the archive and you can get it audio or video. But, dude, I'm the same way. Uh, if I had a hand in it, it would drive me crazy because uh, I, I, finally just a group of people that put all the legwork into it. And it's it's been really cool. Um, and it hasn't yet been what people feared that, oh, nobody's going to come to church because they can just sit around in their boxers and, and watch it on their couch. Um, maybe that's happening in one or two places, but most people are um, telling us if they do that, it's because they're sick. Uh, or we had a family that was on vacation a couple of weeks ago. They were at their cabin in West Virginia, and they sent me a picture. Hey, we'd love to be able to kind of check in. And that's what we've hoped it would be for, kind of, uh, hey, the best thing is to be here, but if you're not, uh, here's something for you that you can, you can check out online. But, um, yeah. So anyway, Zach, if you have people in your church that'll own it, so you don't have to do the work, that'd be good. I'll tell you what, Greg, one time I saw a video of you preaching. Yeah. And you know how, when you've heard somebody on the radio for a long time and then you see what they look like, yeah. you're always like, what? Yeah. That has never been more the case than with you. Oh. <laughs> I don't know why I had this totally different picture in my head of wow. like your your physical appearance and like the presence you'd have while you were preaching. Yeah. And, and it was really disconcerting. <laughs> and I only lasted like six or seven minutes. I was like, I want well, to keep my look that because this you know, we've always uh right uh right, Nathan called this a family podcast. That's I'll right. On the G, maybe slightly PG rating. Um, the biggest concern, as you can imagine, guys, uh, was the distraction I'd be to the ladies. Um, <laughs> you know, um, I can see that. So, so what they've tried to do, Zach, is they've they've added a little paunch around my middle. Um, they've added, you know, they've they've taken off some of my hair on my head. They photoshopped it out, so I'll be less distracting <laughs> and enticing for the many female eyes that look. So they again, they've added some some belly fat. Um, you know, they've added maybe two, three, maybe five chins, um, <laughs> in there as well. Um, and we do that to serve the ladies that watch, uh, because that was Lisa's greatest fear is that, you know, <laughs> they, they, all the, all the eye candy. Oh, dude, I got to drop this one. I think I told you this, Nathan, Zach, just to tell you, give you a sense of my wife, Lisa, um, her greatest fear, cause I'm cursed with the typical middle-aged man build, big gut, no butt. Um, so, so her, her biggest fear, and, and honestly, she lives in terror of it. Nathan, I think you've seen her talk about this, yeah. is that, oh my word, she wants the belt cinched so tight. And I said, Lisa, I don't have any butt to keep up my, my pants, you know? And, and so I'm trying, so the other, the other day I'm walking out the front door, I've got my iPad, my Bible, my mug of coffee. I got some you know, highlighters. It's, uh, it's ridiculous. So I say, babe, can, can you just open the door for me? I can put those on the roof of my car before I go to church. She comes over. She goes, Oh my word. Look at this. Your, your pants are, you look like a, like a, 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 a you, you look like a rap artist, you know, it's, uh, <laughs> yeah, they're, they're so, low. so she comes, she, she, uh, lifts my jacket to see how far they've dropped. And she goes, I, I, I can't, I don't think I can come today. I don't think I can come today. I, her fear is that skin is going to show. This is, <laughs> this is what keeps her up at night. So anyway, she kind of hikes up like I'm a five-year-old child. It's my mom. She, she grabs a belt loop in the, in the back, hikes up my jeans so they, they cover my, my butt, 
And of course, I dumbly said, well, Lisa, um, you know, maybe I'll be a little bit uh, eye candy for some of the ladies today. Uh, to which she says, oh, yeah. Yeah, because that's what the ladies really want to see. The top of your non-existent butt. Um, <laughs> so, uh, that was my thought. I, I, maybe I want the audience to, maybe other pastors, maybe Zach, are driving into church with thoughts, you know, great hymn lyrics, Mighty Fortress playing. That's the thought I took with me into the pulpit then. Uh, so just, just thought I would, I would, hey, Nathan, weren't we supposed to talk about Easter? <laughs> Nathan, before you, before you jump in there, I, I, I realized just now. I don't even know where to jump. <laughs> just away from what the yeah. was saying. Jump, jump off jump a bridge, back. dude, right? We're in trouble. Oh. I'm not going to save it, is what I'm saying. Uh, I I just realized that the picture I had in my mind, which sometimes happens, was like a lesser-known celebrity, like that guy in that movie. Yeah, yeah. And and I and I just looked him up on IMDb based on a character I remembered him playing. Yeah. And his name is Bruce McGill. That's the face I always saw whenever I heard Greg Dutcher's voice, which is like a really thick-necked. Like southern, like good old boy, um, kind of often plays like racist sheriffs and stuff. Oh uh, yeah, yeah, I know exactly who you're talking about. Yeah, I'm, <laughs> I'm looking him up right now. And yeah. so when you didn't look like that at all, yeah. honestly, you were a lot uh, slimmer than I thought you were going to be. Yeah. Hey, there. What do you think of that, Nathan? <laughs> Zach's a good liar, man. Yeah, I'm looking at some of his famous. I've seen this dude. He's one of those guys you're right to that is in every single movie you've like ever seen, but you can't name one. Right. Um, <laughs> yeah, and I'm I'm looking. I mean, Runaway Jury, Cinderella Man, Behind Enemy Lines, Good Life. Let me see. Uh, da, da, da. Yeah, he's been in everything, man. Uh, but yeah, I can't. Or maybe television as well. Yeah, yeah. That's I'll take that, dude. That's not too bad. Um, I mean, normally I hear things like Ryan Gosling, uh, <laughs> right? Guys, guys of that nature. Um, you know, Brad, Brad Cooper, um, kind of those guys, those cats are normally what the ladies tell me. Wait, nobody's ever told me that. Um, so yeah, Lisa, of all her fears about what might happen to me in ministry, that's never one. Um, she is completely <laughs> confident in my hideousness to ward off all temptation. So, hey, I'll take it, man. I'll take it. The, the, never mind. I almost just took this in a completely different direction. So, Easter. Yeah, Easter, dude. Get us into Easter quick. Do you, do you ever, have you ever in the past uh, given into the temptation to go gimmicky on Easter because more people are going to be around? It's the big day. It's the big deal. Uh, dude, uh, we go gimmicky every week. Uh, right now. <laughs> um, uh, and, yeah. I was gonna say, dude. Yeah, we're 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 giving out like you know gift cards to Chick Fil A and stuff. But <laughs> here's how we do it, dude. This is how we work it into our budget. The key is, guys, we're giving every new guest a five hundred dollar Chick Fil A card. Now, remember, it can only be used on Sunday. Uh, <laughs> That's that's how we've been able to work the magic, the bait and switch. Um, so we're finding that people don't get saved and they don't ever want to come to our church. 
Um, <laughs> so it's been really effective. Uh, as long as the head count is increasing, though, that's all that matters. <laughs> yeah, exactly. As long as the numbers are up, then we can get one shot and put it on our website of how, how full we are. Uh, no, dude, for me, um, you know, I've never done on Easter to, I know of a, um, I mean, me, dude, it's Easter. So it's cross resurrection just every year, different text, slightly different angle, um, that kind of thing. So you've never done like a first person type deal or anything like that? Uh, let me see. Have I done? I like how Nathan just started laughing at the very notion. (laughs) (laughs) No, yeah. I don't think I've ever done it, dude. I think I've always picked, um, yeah, uh, just a text that I, captures. I gotta an say, I don't think I don't, Greg. I don't think you've ever done like that first person, like character point of view since I've known you at CFC. No, uh, I've never. And dude, I'm being careful. Here. I'm not ripping on him for doing this. Dave Shy, another mutual friend, has done those before. Now, when Dave does them, they're they're really well done. They're not schmaltzy, cheesy. Dave does so much research almost to a fault, you know, where he's giving detail of the character. Um, and he doesn't like get into character. He just kind of says what this person might do. I don't know. Um, maybe there's a way to do that in a way that's, that's not schmaltzy, but, um, I've never, I've never done that. I am assuming Zach, by your question, you haven't either. No, I, I have actually. Oh, you did. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I, I did a, uh, a sermon my second year, at Judson, so that's 2006, um, from the point of view of a Roman centurion, I, I got, like, the costume and everything. Yeah. I come in, I, I, like, I wasn't anywhere to be seen when it was time for the sermon. Then, then a sound clip starts playing of a horse running up and neighing, and then, like, a guy getting off in footsteps, and then I came walking in, and I was like, I gotta do this stick this entrance so that it's not goofy and nobody laughs, you know, it's like a yeah. serious thing because it's Easter and I walk in, you know, I got bare legs and everything because it's, I mean, I was trying to be legit. Yeah. Everybody burst out laughing the <laughs> moment I walked in that room. <laughs> I had a real sword with me too. And I was like, ah, you don't want to laugh at me right now. I'm, I'm, yes. you know, I'm sensitive. I might, I might pull this sword out. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, dude- that, I, I, I've regretted that. I, I, I mean, it was all right, but yeah, yeah, I know what it, it what you mean, dude. Because you, I think part of it. I don't know if you feel this, Zach. I think we've talked about this, Nathan, in the past. Uh, most preachers I talk to for Easter that do it regularly, it's it's kind of a daunting task because I always feel like the expectation is so high, and um, wow, how do I say he has risen again and again, really loudly and in a way that like captivates people, you know, it's, it's, it's tricky. Um, you know, and I've always found preaching on the cross, uh, while it's, it's, um, emotionally heavier, of course, uh, easier in many ways, because you're just the, you know, you're connecting the point of the sinner's need to the provision Jesus made. And, um, you know, and when I do the resurrection, dude, it's always the same. I've got one quote from Stott that has been whipped to death, um, and I'm paraphrasing it, but I look back over my Easter sermons recently in preparation for this one, and I've got one where Stott says something like, the cross was the victory won, the resurrection is the victory 
celebrated, exalted, uh, you know, so, so that's always the kind of connection I try to make. The angel saying this Jesus who was crucified is not here. He is risen. So the, the, that Easter won't let us just have a resurrected Jesus as if he kind of, uh, you know, just went up into the atmosphere like a helium balloon. Oh, wow. Neat. He's, he's back. But it, it really has meaning only as a, a, a guarantee that what he did on the cross actually worked. Um, so I try to find a way to make that my message just about every year. Um, and sometimes I've done angles. I bet you've done, Zach, as you pr- uh, preach enough. Have you ever done the what if sermon, First Corinthians 15? Um, what if Christ had not been raised? Yeah, yeah. In fact, I, I did that uh, as a seminary student uh, two or three years in a row. Oh, yeah. And uh, I was in Grand, I mean, at different churches. And yeah. I was in Grand Rapids, which is, you know, kind of the uh, Christian Reform Mecca. And uh, there was a, there's a big liberal church in town. And it, it's called Fountain Street Church. It actually used to be one of our American Baptist churches. And uh, they, they are now just like as liberal as it gets. And I had a clipped out a uh, news article, you know, local interest, religion page, whatever, uh, of the pastor of that church, pastor in quotes, church in quotes, uh, saying how much he struggled with he is risen because he only believed in a metaphorical resurrection. Wow. And it ended with him, a quote from this guy saying, for the record, I die for my own sins. Mm. And uh, so I busted that out. And I mean, so these people are, you know, within a couple miles of the church in question. And I would read most of the thing and say, this is so empty. And Paul says, this is the natural endpoint, emptiness, just total hopelessness, but for today, but for Easter. Uh, And so I think that's a, a, a good message. Um, I mean, I feel like I've probably, I mean, I've been at uh, my current church, this will be, I think, my 15th, my 14th or 15th Easter, yeah. and I feel like I've hit most of the, you know, top, the, the not topics, uh, the scriptures and angles that yeah. you can really hit without repeating yourself. Yeah, yeah. And, yeah, and, and you know, there is the one up, I, like, like the guys that do the first person every year. I know a dude who eventually he was the donkey one year. That's ridiculous. And then I am not making this up. This is in Holt, Michigan. He was the stone. Oh, they no. had like a thing with like the, the paper mache, you know, stinking uh, grave and everything. And it was a stone. And it was time for the sermon. He like pops his face in and he had gray makeup on. And he, he spoke as like the stone bearing witness or something. I don't know. Get, wow. Save me from that stuff. Yeah. Yeah. That, dude, it's just, yeah. Cause I think I don't use that. I mean, honestly, if you can get five like solid angles, different aspects, I mean, there is an extent that you can recycle by year six or seven because nobody remembers Yeah, or the, the two people that do are your real sermon connoisseurs and, they probably get it as a result of that. Um, yeah, and because, you know, I, for me, I'll kind of do um, some years I go a little more apologetic. So to answer your first question, because there is a large or there's an abundance of guests that I recognize are are likely non-Christians. They're certainly unchurched. They might not even be uh uh, believers, and I think there's a strong likelihood that's the case. You know, I think it's foolish not to be mindful of that and to make connections. Um, 
for those people to, to think about, you know, and to give something, obviously, for the believer to be edified, but also for the unbeliever to think. So the apologetic stuff, like, um, you weren't at youth group this week, Nathan, but we ended up talking about it somehow randomly. Just that point that, you know, women had zero rights practically in first right. century Judaism. Yeah. And the fact that you've got in all four Gospels women as the first witnesses is like, if, you, if you're making up a story to dupe the masses, why do that? Why I think it's been? nice that you still let Nathan be in the youth group. Yeah. <laughs> well, dude, we, we sort of need a resident unregenerate guy. Um, <laughs> Take we, care of everyone's pets after the rapture. <laughs> exactly. So when, like, we don't know what to pray for. We pray for Nathan's salvation. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's helped everybody, really. Oh, Lord, how could we forget Nathan? Um, yeah, how long, oh, Lord? So, um, you know, there's sort of the apologetic thing, which is... I view it as double. It faith builds for the believer, you know, uh, hopefully you, you're giving some really meaningful content that they can take with them. And for the, the unbeliever, maybe it's a, what is it, the Greg Kukul uh, thing in tactics? It's a pebble in their shoe um, that maybe they're thinking about a little bit. That's what you hope for. Um, the one thing we always say, Zach, at uh, our church that we, we, we don't, we haven't always done this. I've sometimes given into lesser impulses, but, um, we generally go out of our way to never, even on non-holiday Sundays, rip the Christmas and Easter attenders. Oh, yeah. Because yeah. You know, the majority of people in our culture don't attend at all. So right. <laughs> to me, the Easter attenders, man, they're, they're doing better than 95%. Well, and why are you going to go back somewhere if you go and they're like, ha ha, you suck? I mean, yeah, exactly. it just doesn't make sense. Exactly. We want you here so bad that we will belittle and single you out when you are here. Yes, yes, exactly. And it's, it's low-hanging fruit to get what I call the quick and cheap amen, you know, <laughs> of, of, of the guy who's patting himself on the back for going to church because his wife makes him every week. Um, <laughs> you know, he, he, he might feel good that one week that he's not a C&E, uh, you know, CEO, Christmas Easter only attender. Um, but yeah, I, um, that, that's what I found. So I got to ask, so this year, where are you going to be? Are, are you thinking of doing something independent or just staying right in Axe? I'm not going to stay in Axe. I don't know what I'm going to do. I honestly um, usually leave that until about a week before. I have my schedule of my sermons. It's planned out several months, and there's a hole right there that says TBA. Gotcha. And uh, if, because it wasn't going to work in this case. There's some stuff in, in Acts 1 and stuff that would have worked, but, um, I, or, or even you know Acts 19 or something. But where sure. I'm going to be is just going to work. And yeah. I, I feel like doing something real basic. I, I'm probably going to grab. I haven't actually just preached on like a resurrection narrative in two yeah. or three years. I'm probably just going to do that. Yeah. Um, I mean, I've done I've done so many that are. It's kind of like with Christmas. I, I told you guys about all the wacko Christmas sermons I've done, and yeah. every once in a while you got to just reset and just yep. do the basic thing, and 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 that way you don't feel that pressure anymore. Of oh, I got to outdo last year. No, Absolutely. next year, last year will be fine. Um, yeah well said well said i i don't know like i've done the road to emmaus you know all these like things around i've done the thomas i did that last year i thought that was i I, afterward when i was listening to it and clipping out my mistakes you know like a liar um (laughs) i was like dude this was one of my best messages like ever yeah um and i've done I, i did one about um oh good grief it was like basically the the it was more a cross type thing 
Um, but also, I, I also am, am similar with you in that. I didn't want it was like the fountain of cleansing from Jesus' side and, and yeah. how all the early church fathers and the connection between the temple and stuff. And then one year I did um, the, the temple itself and the um, people of that day, the word I'm looking for is contemporaries of, yeah. <laughs> of the apostles. Uh, there's all these accounts, these weird accounts of weird crap happening in Jerusalem. Yes. About this time, temple torn, temple, you know, earthquakes, people yes. coming from that. And, you know, that, that kind of thing, it goes along with the other apologetic type stuff. Like, yeah. you know, just, just reminding people these, you know, 11 guys that were peeing their pants and running away and hiding in a room weren't yeah. about to go and jump a detachment of, of Roman killing machines. Yes. Uh, steal a body. Yes. Um, yes. It, that's not about to happen, but but you know the, those things. I think they're they're important at Easter because uh, if if Christ was not raised, then no one is raised, and we don't have any hope. Oh, that's good, so, man. That's really good. I um, yeah, I I enjoyed doing. It was probably eight nine years ago. I did the Thomas narrative. I think it's the only time I've done mm-hmm. it. It's just so much good stuff in there, and of course, the confession of his deity, and you can link that to the opening thesis you know uh that it kind of come you know drops down and from chapter one that high language and uh you know in the, the the logos was god and then to take it all the way to thomas's personal confession is just such a cool thing and then um the only other one i've done that i wouldn't mind bringing back sometime and again nathan this might predate you zach's kind of walk down memory lens making me think of some too um uh, is uh, although the temple one is good, I've never looked at that angle. All the kind of stuff happening associated, but I did one on on doubt, which was a little risky because I know that could be kind of a downer. <coughs> Excuse me, but I um, I just looked, and I'm sure you've noticed that how many references in all four gospels around those you know first Sunday morning events captured doubt. Thomas obviously is kind of a whole case study, but. Um, you know, even in Matthew 28, you know, and they worshiped him when he's on the mountain, but some doubted. Uh, you know what I mean? The fact that when the women tell the apostles, they don't believe. They sound um, like they're out of their mind. Yes, yes. So to be able to take that uh, kind of believer and unbeliever, hey, you know, um, if you want a cutesy thing, you know, does my doubt rule me out? Something like that. Um, and that Christianity has plenty of room for doubt. Some of its most loyal adherent followers doubted and they're not it's not a black or white issue you know what i mean there's a a sense in which our faith is small and it can grow and develop and doubt is always there um that's kind of an interesting angle it i think a steady diet of that you did something like that three or four easters in a row and i think your people would probably get pretty low (laughs) (laughs) could we get could we get some jesus defeating death um rather than the doubt side of things. So it's the more subjective side, the responsive side to the events of, um, you know, the passion and the resurrection. Um, I did one that didn't go well. I I remember when I heard him uh, years ago, I thought, oh, this wasn't good. I did a series, and again, Nathan, predates you. This is probably like 05. Mm -hmm. And I remember um, leading up to it. So it it was anticlimactic because I started doing a series like in early March, Easter was like how it was this year, late April, on the resurrection appearances of Jesus. And it just wasn't what I hoped it would be. You know, um, 
it wasn't quite enough, at least the way I did it back then, for a substantive series. And then when you think by the time you get to Easter morning, you've been talking about Jesus' resurrection for like seven weeks. Um, and I remember thinking, yeah, this was not a good idea. So <laughs> any aspiring preachers, don't, don't do that. Um, don't do that. Your, your people will not respond well, and neither will your wife. Um, so, yeah, but I like that temple thing. Um, that, yeah, I think kind of the associated things around it. And So, okay, note to self, Nathan, write this down. CFC this year, I'm going to preach on those uh, animated corpses. So I'm going to call my Easter sermon Fear the Walking Dead. There it is. Um, there we have it. Cheer the Walking Dead. Yeah. Cheer the- oh, even better, dude. Even better. Uh, Nathan, you make sure that uh, Greg does not preach uh, from John's resurrection narrative as yes. he is barred from preaching from the Gospel of John for some time. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yes. What I'm going to do, dude, what about this? What about this cool idea? I'll, I'll find a text for it later. What about this <laughs> phrase? You know, why, why don't we start with the phrase? We'll find a passage later. Don't worry about that. And uh, let's take the phrase. Uh, how about this? How about we take like a regular garden hose, right? And we like cut it and we wrap it around a banana. And we put it on the top shelf of a bookcase. Take a real glossy picture and call it. Uh, hose banana in the highest. <laughs> oh. Yeah, let's let's oh. let's not do. That. No. I was just thinking how some people get their idea it might be the equivalent of that. Um, so yeah, let's let's not do that. Can we actually cut that out of this podcast? <laughs> I might have to. You guys do a uh, like sunrise service, or do you just have one on Easter? We no, we just have our regular uh, regular you know, services nine. 15 uh-huh. out of 1045. We haven't done a sunrise. There's a uh, that camp I mentioned earlier, Beachmont Christian Camps in our area. They've done a community sunrise. I stopped doing it, uh, Zach, years ago just because I was too exhausted um, on Easter. Uh, because the one year, dude, I kid you not, one year I think it was one of the earliest Easter's, like early March. I woke up with a fever and chills. Um, I think it was a time change Sunday. Um, if I remember correctly. And I preached at the Beachmont sunrise service at, you know, you're there at whatever, 545. It really feels like 445, you know, whatever time it was. And, um, I got there, I was completely toast. And then by the time I was done that, I'm popping like, you know, Advil, you know, yeah, liquid gels and stuff in the car. And then I had to preach two times at church, and I thought, "Yeah, I'm not doing that." Again. Really? I thought um, I thought that was one of the times we had the three. You know what, dude? We may, you may be right. I have to look back and see when we went to three services. I'll go back and look. Yeah, when and that may have been a four service Sunday, which was just crazy, um, too exhausting. So uh, I assume is that, do you guys do one at at your church? We well no they, we used to have one called the sunrise service when I arrived yeah and it happened at I think uh, eight or something yeah. so yeah, a couple hours after sunrise I think they called it the S O N rise service right to get oh, I love there. it dude yeah, yeah. Um, and and I did it and, it and it wasn't very well attended we kept it going for three three four years and I found out later that one of the reasons that so few people came is because a previous pastor would do the exact same sermon and the same stuff 
as the main service. And so people are like, oh, no, I'm, I'm not going to go to that because I'm going to go to the other thing. But one year I said, I, I just – I'm too you – because know, we also do – um, we, we team up with three, four other uh, churches. At that point, it's probably six or seven other churches in the area. And we do uh, Holy Week, you know, yeah. Monday, Thursday, Good Friday. Yeah. Uh, and then for a long time, we had every day at lunch. And so you're preaching and preaching and preaching. And um, and so I, I said, this year, I'm not going to do anything. I'm not going to prepare anything. I'm going to have three people give short testimonies. Yeah. Uh, and we're going to emphasize kind of the resurrection uh, I'm a millennial, so we just spiritualized the resurrection and oh, said, "Very yeah. good, very good. I like it." <laughs> and and oh, so I, like I said, it, "I got three people who are going to give their." Uh, I'll do a little thing about you know Jesus came back from the dead, first fruits. We're going to rise again, and even now we are risen with Christ. And here are three stories. The only people who showed up were the three people who were supposed to give the uh, the testimonies and their families, and then like maybe half a dozen other people. It, yeah. it was, that, and, and at the same time, they're downstairs, a bunch of people preparing this huge Easter breakfast. Yeah. So the times yeah. overlapped with that. You can smell like the sausage cooking and you're like, yeah. I don't want to be here. But nope. this year we're bringing it back, dude. And we're doing it. We're calling it Sunrise. I think I think they saw it in our bulletin as S-U-N, which is disingenuous. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> we're doing it from uh, 7... No, eight eight thirty to nine fifteen or something like that. It was really late in the game, um, and I'm going to preach on Hebrews nine, real brief, like fifteen minute message, uh, and that'll be that. And we'll see how it goes. I'm going to give it two or three years to see if we can pick up some some steam. I always like to make more of Easter than we do. My son and I will sometimes go to a local Episcopal church that has an Easter vigil on Easter Saturday. Oh, and, okay. Uh, that's fun. They like a spurge, you know, and throw water all over the place. Yeah. Uh, they, we, we just spurge at my church because we're yeah. Baptists. But they us. <laughs> of course. Yes. It, I, I don't think we can make too big a deal out of, out of uh, Holy Week and Easter. I'm in no way Presbyterian. Uh, I think some days are better than others, and the Apostle Paul should have realized that. Yes, yes, uh, he should have. He should have. Uh, we're actually building a time machine to go back to get him to change parts of his letters that we don't like. Um, um, it's a little edgy, but if you think about it, you know we're not we're not really going to force him. We're just going to appeal that'll change sections that we find upsetting or confusing. Um, and just Why don't you just start the Paul seminar instead of the Jesus seminar yeah, and decide exactly. what he didn't really say? <laughs> yeah, if you don't like we'll, it, he didn't write it. Yeah, and we'll have that really sophisticated method they did. Didn't they have some goofy method of like, you know, red beads and yellow beads? Yeah. And Honestly, I remember reading that you, you've got these scholars and people think, oh, they use this sophisticated method. To you know, that would be determinative of the actual words of Jesus and which one were layered with tradition and which ones he never said at all. And I'm like, man, how do they how do they determine something like that or how do they go about it? And I remember it might have been in CT or in the '90s reading this thing where, if I remember rightly, it was like basically just groupthink, jelly beans. Um, yeah, yeah, it, yeah, yeah. It, I mean, honestly, like we've got 50 people in the room and. 40 of them think Jesus probably never said that, so that's a red one. Um, or I guess maybe it's not red because that would be red letter. <laughs> Brothers, I'll be here all week. Um, so uh, We won't be, but all right. <laughs> <laughs> but that reminds me an awful lot of how, like, um, 
when they had uh, money to to give a certain number of raises on the office, and everybody got like marbles or something, yeah. and they went around. It, it, <laughs> you, you couldn't come up with something dumber for for Dunder Mifflin to do than yes. what the Jesus seminar actually does with a straight face while yes. telling Jesus what he said. Yes, exactly, exactly. And since you brought up the office, dude, I must <laughs> ask. Uh, do I have this line right? The best line. This was our former youth pastor's Sean Nolan's favorite line. Nathan, I think I remember is that uh, when Michael says, "If I was in a room <clears throat> with a gun with two bullets, <laughs> with uh, you know what did it say, Hitler, Mussolini, Hitler and Bin Laden, or something?" Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It must be Bin Laden, <laughs> Hitler, and Toby. I'd shoot Toby twice. Um, <laughs> I want to get that on a T-shirt and wear it to preach in. Now I might not want to do that. Um, are you the way that you are? Yeah, <laughs> I hate so much of the things you Come choose. As you are, but just classic. And um, yeah, it's 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 funny you say it, dude. I am doing something a little edgy on Saturday morning. Well, right now only three people have said that they're going to come. But if our Sunday morning volunteers for Easter, because we are trying to, you know, kind of double up parking attendance and greeters, and yeah, because to expect more guests and to yeah have a very good public face as people come in, uh, we're doing a training on Saturday. And I found a clip from one of my favorite Office episodes called The Dinner Party. Do you remember that one? I watched it like last week, man. Dude, <laughs> no. How go- the awkwardness between Michael and Jan. Um, and there's just a clip where Jim is hiding in the bathroom, you know, talking to the camera. And he says, yeah, it's like Jan and Michael are each playing their own separate game. And it's called How Can We Make Our Dinner Guests? the most uncomfortable and then he says and they're both winning winning. (laughs) and then jim got a call that his apartment had flooded (laughs) dude lisa always says that part how she'd kill me do you remember how he was gonna ditch pam yes dude how gold is that because remember michael goes well you don't both need to go for that and they kind of look at you yeah okay well dinner sounded like it was going to be delicious Pam, I'll see you back at I'll see you back at the house. <laughs> and she's like, "Oh, I don't think so, Jim. I don't think you're going to leave this dinner party, um, you know, right now because you can buy new stuff, but you can't buy another dinner party." Code for herself. Um, <laughs> yeah, great, great uh, show. Yeah, dude, we may have to get a little more spiritual next time, Nathan, and do an office <laughs> podcast. And talk about why it's genius. <laughs> what about uh, office-themed Resurrection Sunday? Uh, yes. Ooh, ooh, this that just that just segues me into this. I often will. I think I once preached uh, starting with this, and then then segued in from this to a, a text. But I, I have three or four times done a uh, Sunday school period of is Easter pagan. Do we, A, embrace it as it is and love it, B, have to, like, depaganize it and turn it into Resurrection Sunday, or C, reject it all the way around because it's named after a a goddess and it's full of pagan imagery and all sorts of horrible Roman Catholic stuff. Yes. Yes. Uh, I, I feel like... I don't know. Have we done something like that? We've done things like that for Christmas. Like, um, you know, because you do occasionally have people that ask that, right? And then when people start learning about the great Spurgeon, who spurned Christmas. Um, uh, and Lent. Yes, that's right. And spurned Lent, too. And I, 
I assumed you did he did he do anything for Easter? Uh, you know, he actually kind of went back and forth on Lent and Easter. Okay. You can find him saying, you know, we're not going to do, we're not going to keep these days. Uh, but then, e- even on Christmas, he would often happen to be preaching on the birth, and uh, on Easter Sunday, happen right. to be preaching on the resurrection. Yeah, well, that was him redeeming the time, right. redeeming the time from what was taken. <laughs> there was uh, no Easter egg roll in the lawn at the Metropolitan <laughs> Tabernacle. <laughs> <for> that. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Yeah. What if? Um, what if we do this, Nathan, for, for CFC this year? Some Again, this is better graphic. Forget the stupid uh, you know, ho, uh, hose banana and highs. How about we've got, is Jesus, we have an Easter bunny saying Jesus is risen, and there's little chicks next to him that say, exactly. Oh! What do you think, guys? Ew. I mean, uh, that's going to bring in... Greg, I think I'm going to be lost. attending another church on yeah. Easter. <laughs> Greg, I already came up with that independently, so I'm already doing it. <laughs> and it's not because hey, you said I, it. Dude, this is the perfect stopping point, dude. My Isaac is making his way back. So I am going to abruptly head off, Nathan, because we, am I right at 8 o'clock, are doing another podcast. Yes, we are uh, doing yeah. Phantom Galaxy podcast with Nathan Bartleball. Which, what are you guys talking about? Bartles to Bartle Ball. What are you talking Bartle, about? Now? Yes, exactly. We are talking about Jordan Peele and us and the new Twilight Ooh, Zone. And yes. Did you see yeah. us, Zach? I haven't, but the trailer looks insane, and I am yeah. so geeked for that Twilight Zone reboot. Oh, my gosh. Yes, I've seen the first episode. Did you watch it, Nathan? Yep, yep, watched the first yeah. episode. So, uh, Which is the comedian. They've released that. Dude, it shocked me because I thought of it as CBS. Yeah. But it's obviously what, like some CBS cable thing. Because did you notice it? there were a couple yeah, of there was a, in there? And, a couple? Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, I got to yeah, be careful because um, yeah. if you remember, I won't even I even joke, but uh, the, the female character, uh, the fellow female comedian at the beginning. Yes, she, yeah. Drops she, a really nasty. Yeah. I was like, whoa, man. Because uh, I was just prepared to watch it with both my boys because they've watched the uh, Twilight Zone yeah. Old stuff with me. Yep. Um, so a- anyway, anyway, um, yeah. So Why would you have to make it crass? They didn't have to do that to make it creepy and awesome the first Dude, time. Dude, I right? thought the same thing, man. I, I, it was frustrating to me. I thought because yeah. actually they seem like they've they've strived very hard to keep the spirit of the series. Haven't they? Yeah. Nathan, with yeah. The no, I agree. Yeah. Sterling, but so I was like, man, just do just. You know that Twilight Zone had like a shoestring budget. They weren't dropping sensational stuff. And it was a compelling show for its time. I, I, they didn't need to do it. Hey, hop in, Isaac. Dudes, I'm going to hop off. All right, brother. All right, man. See you later, player. Hey, you bet, players. Hey, and Zach, <laughs> hope it's a great Easter. You uh, too, I'll man. I'll check in with you guys later. All right. All right. Catch you See later. See you, dudes. See you, Bye. Greg. All right, Zach. We're uh, winding down here, man. That was That was a fun episode. I'm glad we were able to get Greg back on. Uh, kind of talk about some Easter stuff amongst all the other things we were talking about. <laughs> oh man, almost talked about Easter. That's right, almost got there. But uh, no, it's you know, good time as always when Greg uh, joins us back on the show, and uh, we're uh, going to go ahead and sign off now. Zach, we just rocked the Casbah. These go to eleven.